if um if someone told me I had uh, type two diabetes, I'd probably start crying. You know, when I found out that I had it, it was it wasn't like that for me. It was more like so. My dad's had diabetes my entire life, uh-huh. and growing up, you have an awesome voice. Oh, thank you. Incredible. Uh, yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it. Do you carry a gun? <laughs> no, I don't. It sounds like you. <laughs> Doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, you could bring the mic a little closer to your face. Okay, just a little bit. Yeah, there you go. So, um, my dad had diabetes my entire life, and type I two. Was, yes, and I was always so he got it when I was, you know, I wasn't born yet. My brother was a baby. And uh, growing up, I was I was 300 pounds when I was 13 years old, you know, uh, six foot four, 300 pounds going into high school. And uh, it was just kind of for me a matter of time. I kind of grew up thinking, well, I'll have diabetes at some point. Uh, Now, not to say that, like, my dad didn't. He did things the right way as far as managing his diabetes. He did things the right way. Once he got diabetes, he, you know, the doctor told him no more drinking at all. Mm-hmm. Stopped completely. Hasn't okay. had a drink since. Didn't have a drink problem or anything. Just stopped it because they said when you have diabetes, you shouldn't drink. Mm-hmm. He, everything, you know, he didn't eat sugar, no candies, no sweets or anything like that. So, like, growing up, like, now it wasn't the best thing in the world, but we always had diet soda in the house instead of ever having regular soda. Uh, it was stuff like that. So he, he managed it, you know, to the best of his ability. But also at the time that he got it, I feel like fitness wasn't as much of a thing, you know. Like, we're talking back in the, the 80s when he got it. People didn't think about their fitness as much. I apologize. No yes. Problem. So, um, you know, but then, and as I grew up, when I was a teenager, he lost a a great deal of weight. I'm not sure about the actual amounts. Um, and he just, he manages it. So he, he has type two diabetes, but he manages it and he's still very active and everything. But, but for me, it was basically like, not if, but when for me getting diabetes. And that's how I felt at that time when I was diagnosed with it. Did you know what type two diabetes was? I knew. Besides um, just something that your dad had? Uh, when I was younger, no, not really. I just all all it meant to me was you can't have sugar. You know, like that's what that meant in my mind. Let me let me interject a couple of things. Mm-hmm. The twelve listeners who have type one diabetes, you're welcome. I know you're happy that we distinguish between the two. <laughs> the, the a lot of the argument um, that and, and and prejudice that I have is that is is that word managing type two diabetes versus um, curing it. Because mm-hmm. when I think of managing it, I think of Okay, you ate this Snicker bar. Now take this amount of insulin. When, when, when that shouldn't be the that sh- yes. that shouldn't be the advice. The advice should be to give someone the ability to live free from from the bondage, right? Because it is bondage. Absolutely. To be t- Absolutely. those needles and those mm-hmm. tests and. Um, okay, so so and, and just to close the first question I asked, you didn't cry because no. it was a way of life. You, you just like for me, the sun came up every morning. For you, that's what happens to adults. They get type two yeah, diabetes. Yeah, kind of. That's you know the way. I I, I didn't think it, you know everybody ends up with that. But for me, being so big my entire life, is uh, your dad was your dad giant? My dad. Well, my dad's six feet tall, but he you know when I was younger he was much heavier than he is now. You know he was. I don't I don't know the actual weight, but he he wasn't small. You was know? he fat? No, I, I would never really say he was fat then. Because he he's your dad bigger. or because no, he's not? No, no, just he in general. <laughs> no, just in general, I don't think he was fat. He was just, 
bigger. You know, like he was a he he was he had a presence to him. <laughs> how come it? How come he, when he followed the doctor's rules of not drinking and no sugar? Did he really follow them? He did. He absolutely did. He then absolutely how come did. he didn't get cured? Because doctors suck. <laughs> but, but, but <laughs> back then, uh, I, I think that people they might be getting better now. But you don't think they gave him the right? What what, no. what advice didn't they no. give him that could have helped cured him? Well, I'll tell you this. For me personally, like, and I can't tell you what they were saying to him at the time. But for me personally, all growing up, I told you I was a big kid and everything. If I went to the doctor for anything. It was just, you're fat. Like, it was everything. I could have went in there mm-hmm. and, like, oh, I fell out of this tree and I broke my arm. It was so, well, you fell out of that tree because you're fat. You know, like, <laughs> like that's, that's the way it was. And I hated doctors because it wasn't like they were you didn't constructively. Need to, you didn't need anyone to tell you Yeah, fat. no, you no. Knew. Like, oh, you thanks knew. a lot. Yeah. Thanks yeah. a lot. The kids at school weren't already telling me that. Right. Like, you know, right. like, I didn't need them to keep telling me that I was fat all the time without giving me any type of solution for it or, or trying to help me figure out any way to manage it, you know? No one needs to be told they're fat. Everyone already knows. Yeah, absolutely. Hmm. You know who needs to be told is the parents need to be told. We had, we had a lady in here yesterday, Olivia Vollmer, mm-hmm. and at seven years old, her parents took her to a nutritionist. It's like... It, it, from from where I sit in my ivory tower, that is just fucking profound <laughs> I, stupidity. No, That's agree. like taking your dog to a nutritionist. No, no, stop feeding him so fucking much. It's the parent's fucking responsibility. And so to take a kid to to, to even tell a kid that mm. is insane. Um, what's your ethnicity? I'm Italian and Irish. And um, who else in your family besides your dad had type two diabetes? Um, nobody that. I remember. I mean, I know. Not your mom? Not my mom, no. Um, My grandmother, I believe now, um, she's in the nursing home and becoming stagnant once she went into the nursing home and she's bedridden and everything. Um, She's on insulin now, so she is. Um, But besides that, nobody else. Are you on any, any medications? No. So in, in what state are you from? New York. And you're born there? Yep. And where in New York? Uh, it's Warwick, New York, so Orange County, uh, a lot of apples. <laughs> you know, like it's not the New York City people think of. We're 40 minutes, 45 minutes west of New York City. Oh, so that's like closer to Connecticut, right? Uh, no, well, Connecticut, it would be, it's basically like the same going into New York City or going up to Connecticut, like from where we're at. We actually border New Jersey on the west. So like if you went out of the city west, it's like New Jersey and then us right on top of it. Huh. Is it the country? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. Yeah, New York, upstate New York's awesome. Do you call it upstate? Even yeah, it's well, it's actually miles? weird. It's actually weird because you talk to somebody that lives in the city, they say we live upstate. When you go really upstate, like I went to school in Cortland, which is right uh, below Syracuse. Uh-huh. If I tell them I live upstate, they say, oh, are you out of your mind? Like, right, right. So. <laughs> oh, shit, look, I just found money in my pocket. Oh, that's nice. Oh, that's, that's, uh, I put that there. <laughs> you put a look at that straight baller. Bunch of 20s. <laughs> I'm not a baller because this is in my pocket. I'm a baller because I lost it and I didn't even know. That's a baller because it's wrapped in a rubber band. Who does yeah, that? What yeah, are you, are you in like? Are you in like third grade? <laughs> so the most I ever weighed was one time I took a shitload of creatine for like three months, and I really, really wanted to bench this certain weight, 225, which I never achieved. <laughs> Still time. <laughs> So sad. Have you ever benched 225? 
Yes, uh, back when I played football, I was, I don't remember exactly, but I had a much bigger bench back then. What, what was, what, did, you, did you bench 325? No, no. How probably. many How many times did you get 225 up? Back then, if I was testing, I probably would have gotten like 12 reps at 225 back then. That's, Damn. Now I can't, I can't bench 225 now. I can't. Gary, have you been? Yes, you can. <laughs> no, I can't. Yes. <laughs> What's, have you ever done 225? Uh, my max bench was 265 in the Marine Corps. What was your? What's yours? My max? I don't, I don't think I've ever done a single. I've done two sixty-five twice. Sorry to one up you there again. Anyway, I took a bunch of creatine. I weighed one eighty-two for like a minute, fully clothed. So, that would mean to weigh. And what was the most you ever weighed? Well, I what I go with is four hundred pounds because when I, like I said, I didn't like doctors back then, and the scale gave me tremendous anxiety all the time. So when I was at my biggest, I avoided scales. And one time I got really sick, had to go to the doctor, and they did that thing where you know I'm, I'm anxious about the fact that they're going to tell me to get on the scale. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, at this point, I think I was a little lighter than my heaviest, uh-huh. and I stepped on the scale, and it was 386. So I say 400. might have been even a little more than 400 yeah, yeah. at my biggest. Is that, was that big enough to get on Biggest Loser, Gary? Uh, probably. Yeah. The 386. I actually thought about it. Um, the biggest loser thing when I was, you know, uh, younger and getting bigger and bigger. And then I'd, I'd go to, I'd say it to people like in my family and people are friends and stuff. They'd be like, Oh, you're not big enough for that. Cause they all, whether they were pretending or not, they didn't see me as big as I actually was. You know, this picture here, how heavy are you? That's probably when I'm right up around 400 right you, there. It, I, uh, I don't. I normally don't say this thing, but you hold the weight really well. Well, thanks. That, and that's what people would always tell me. And now that I've lost the weight, people will say, like, I didn't think you were that big, you know, because mm-hmm. like, I think I did. I just was a big. I'm also six foot four. So just I was just a really big guy to everybody. Yeah. I know? mean, in some cases, I mean, it's pretty close to a football player, right? Pro yeah. football player. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A lot of the linemen in the, the, the there's lot of linemen, linemen who weigh 380 Absolutely. pounds. There, I mean. There's there are a lot of them are like over 350 big time. Holy cow. And, 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 the, and I, I think that, um, you, you know, I'm no playgirl um, photo shoot editor, but I think the reason why you hold it so well is because your chest, your stomach doesn't stick out past your chest. Yeah. When you start getting that shit going, that shit really, like, exposes yeah. you. Yeah. You can, mm-hmm. you can still you can have, have in the belly. Yeah, yeah, if your belly sticks out past your chest. It's just like if you're, if you're a dude and, you're, and your shoulders are narrower than your hips, there's just some things that start, like. The proportions. Yeah, will start drawing attention to, huh. to you in certain ways. Off the judge a little bit more when I walk around the office. <laughs> so you're 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 born to a Irish Italian family. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you are one of how many siblings? I just have one brother. And does he do CrossFit? No, I am trying and trying to get him in the gym with me. <laughs> how old is he? He's thirty. And how old are you? I'm 28. Gonna be. I'm actually gonna be 29 on Tuesday. Oh, so. congr- happy birthday! Thank you. Happy and and your girlfriend's name is Jennifer. No, Christina. Oh, Christina. Sorry, Christina. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and was she with you when you weighed? No, no. 400 pounds? Mm-mm. She's like, you added her to the group after you lost a bunch of weight. Yeah, I added her to my achievements. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> God, I love that photo. You guys look so happy. <laughs> Thank you. Um, We're really just quoting movies to each other. That's basically the basis of our relationship. <laughs> how, how long have you been together? We've actually only been together about three months now. A um, couple months before that when I was uh, a little hesitant pulling the trigger. <laughs> and you already bring her to CrossFit mm-hmm. HQ. Absolutely. 
It's always the big step, right? Yeah, yeah that's the, right. That's HQ. the big step in every relationship. <laughs> Can you wave? Can you squat down and wave to this camera? Lower. There, wave. There you go. Now you're in the shot. So, as a little kid, you're born. Do you, do you know how much you weighed when you were born? Mm, uh, actually, I believe I was pretty light for a baby. So, because I used to make the joke that I did all this myself. <laughs> and. Um, when do you start noticing that you, you're getting heavy? Oh, right. Well, I don't remember not being big as a kid. Like, I was always the biggest kid in class from when I started having memories, really, you know. So you remember people being like, oh, Eric, you're so cute and chubby. <laughs> yeah, I was the chubby kid at the, when I started out. It uh, starts off as chubby before mm -hmm. they upgrade you to fat. Yeah, right? when do you officially hit fat from chubby? Mm, probably around fourth, fifth grade. And, and how do you know? Do you, do you know or do kids start telling you? Well, I know myself, but kids start telling me, you know, like, uh, you know, it was weird. Growing up, I didn't, like, when I got into high school and I was playing football, there was something for me to use that size for. But before that. Functional fat. Yeah. Before that, I was just the fat kid, you know. So, uh, you know, I dealt with the fact that I got called fat a lot, you know. Did you and, and and what did you eat to get this big? You said you were three hundred pounds at the age of thirteen. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. I mean, that's that's like if I had to carry one hundred fifty pounds everywhere with me, mm -hmm. that would kill me. It's, yeah, it's big. So at thirteen, like at three hundred pounds, is it hard to do stuff, or or because you, you're a young? No, because I'm young. It's still not. It's still not hard to do things. You know, I was I wasn't jumping any fences or anything with kids, <laughs> but I was, you know, I was still able to be riding the bike around with people and stuff like that. You so. did PE. You did the presidential test. Mm -hmm. You ran yeah. the mile. You did yeah. all that shit with yeah. everyone. I hated it, but I did it. Right. <laughs> did you too. Did you do the pull-ups? No. 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 Did Never. You, did you do the hang? I was able to do the hang, yeah. Hey. The, the hang. Solidarity. I had to do the hang, too. <laughs> I had to do the hang. And what was the, what was the reason? Why, why, what were you doing? What, why, why, how does a 13-year-old get 300 pounds? Is that well, your parents' fault? No, is that what no, happened? no. Um, yes, well, it is. No, it's, it's really not. It's, it, it's a contributing thing where, um, you know, my dad having diabetes and being overweight, himself as a kid um he tried to fight back against having kids that were overweight and so i've heard you say on the podcast before to people like do you think you were addicted to food you know and i don't think i was i think that i formed a very unhealthy relationship with food just like you can form an unhealthy relationship with anything you know you form an unhealthy relationship with alcohol when you start drinking in fields with kids when you're 14 years old and you know you don't learn how to do it the right way Did that's you do how that? it was with food did you drink at 14 not at 14 no oh. but high school you know yeah. i was at parties and stuff uh, right but as far as the food goes my father was a bit controlling with the food trying to do the right thing and keep us from overeating what that turned into for me was not only was I going to like overeat when I wasn't around him, but it almost felt like I was getting away with something. Right. You know, it was like this little like little like reward to myself. Like it was a little rush of getting away with eating all this food, you know, right. and I would just when I wasn't home, especially after I was able to drive. And then really when I went to college where I could just, you know, nobody was controlling what I ate, you know, not that not that he ever tried to starve me at all. 
but it was just he was watching all the time. And give me he an, wasn't watching. Give me an example. What's that look like? So, like, you come home from school, you open the fridge, and you, and you grab something. He's like, hey, Eric, don't eat that. It wouldn't be don't eat that, but there'd be, you know, looks if I went to grab more at the dinner table or, you know, uh, a lot of, uh, I did a lot of, he would go to bed and then, you know, go into the kitchen and eat stuff in, in the kitchen. And then like the next morning he'd see that it was gone and be like, where'd this go? And like, you know, there was no, re- there was no real repercussion, but I was upset that he was mad at me for it. And I right. felt he was mad yeah, at me for it. You're constantly know? being judged. Mm-hmm. To a degree, but but he did it all. Listen, if I'm ever half the man that my father is, then I'm a success. Like 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 you know, at this age, your dad was doing the best job he could. Exactly. His goal was to keep you fit and healthy. Yes. And and it it may have backfired. Mm -hmm. But either way, his intentions were his intentions. Absolutely. You actually said it yesterday. It's like, and it actually kind of made me realize like. Our parents are just people, mm-hmm. right? They're going through the same struggles that, you know, we go through. And they're just older and they've been through more. Yeah. So it's hard for as like a, a child or a, a, a Even as an adult. Person, there's it's, adults it's, who still resent their fucking parents and blame their parents for shit. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's tough to grapple with that. And it wasn't... I didn't start transforming myself until I stopped trying to blame... Hey, that wasn't me burping. That I was, burp a lot into the me. mic. I want, I'm giving that one to Eric. I apologize. Uh, no, was... no, you don't have to apologize. You should take the blame. <laughs> yeah, I'll take the blame. I get all sorts of shit for Absolutely. burping into the hey, mic. I didn't hear Absolutely. it at all. So. Oh, good. All right. That one's there. That one's <laughs> Maybe on nobody would have heard it if you didn't call me. I thought, yeah, yeah. I, I know thought... they would have heard it and they would have said something bad in the comments. <laughs> yeah, I thought I did something say. wrong for a second. Okay. Sorry. So, 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 so you were talking about taking responsibility. Yeah, no, I had to take responsibility for myself. It couldn't be... You know, because I tried so many times losing weight and it all failed, you know, and it had to finally be about me and about taking ownership of my own life, you know, uh, and that's what made it click for me. It was really like once I stopped looking everywhere else and saying, oh, you know, I'm just big boned. That's a great that's a great lie. We all tell ourselves. Gary, used to, when, I, when I've met Gary, Gary was big boned. <laughs> How'd your bones shrink? He's, now he's got a little bone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now he's a little bone. We used to call him big bone. Now he's a little bone. Um, we, um, I can't congratulate you enough on the fact that you took control of your life and that you got, actually got a doctor to say that you got rid of your type 2 diabetes. That was... Yeah. In my mind, is that different than managing your type 2 diabetes? Like you use the word your dad managed it. Did you manage it or did you do something different? Because in my mind, it's different. There's managing it and then there's curing it. I took, it is something different. I think what I did was I started managing it and then found the cure. You, so you actually were, were taking insulin? Yeah. Okay. I was... Uh, we'll get to that. Hold on, hold on. I don't want to blow my okay. wad just yet. Right. Okay, people, we're going to get to it. He's going to give us the cure at the end. Hang tight. Yeah. When you're, when you're, are, are you ashamed as a kid when you're, when you're overweight? Like on days you have to do swim at school and shit. Are you like, fuck? What the Absolutely. fuck? Absolutely. I'm calling in sick, or I'm Absolutely. cutting. Or did you ever do the thing where you wore the t-shirt when you went swimming? I always wore the t-shirt. When yeah, I went swimming. yeah. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. <laughs> always, always. <laughs> And then the the only place I didn't wear the t-shirt was my grandma's house when nobody was around. That's it. (laughs) Everywhere else I had a t-shirt. And your grandma loved you and it was cool. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, man, I love grandma. (laughs) And then the t-shirt sticks to you and you're like, fuck, this isn't working. No, no, they can still see everything. (laughs) Did you wear the t-shirt too? Fuck you, Matt. (laughs) (laughs) Sophia Lipka's house, eighth grade birthday party. 
wore a t-shirt to the swim party. Also, it was the McDonald's Olympic, like Olympic T-shirt or something. I wore. Oh, and, it was, I and it was white. Also, it was an athletic one. That's good. <laughs> I was the only kid wearing a T-shirt. <laughs> you were the only one. God, I, I've never actually even remembered that until right now. <laughs> what was the name of the girl again? Sophia Lipka, I think. Sophia Lipka. If you're listening, she had yeah. purple hair. She was the first girl, kid I knew who had like purple hair. She dyed her hair purple like in the eighth grade. So you had to make a good impression, and you just whiffed. Oh, man. There were like 40 kids there. <laughs> uh, it's, it's haunting. It's hard. Mm-hmm. Is it, I'm 46 and you're 29. Mm. Is, it, is it different now? Did you go, like when, when I was growing up, there weren't a lot of like I, 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 when I went, I wasn't fat. You know what I mean? I was just a chubby kid. I was like 10 pounds overweight, but I was, somehow I got paranoid about it. But um, as you grew up, weren't there more, you know, since you're 16 years behind me, weren't there more overweight kids? Weren't there kids yeah. like you could kind of like hide with and like, yeah, be like I mean, okay, there well, was that too. And it's more acceptable. And I was especially not just being you know fat. I was also very tall. Uh, so I was the one that stuck out above everybody else, but there was a lot more chubby kids. You know, that's what you'd say back then. Uh, Were you popular? Yes. Well, I was always the type of kid that, you know, when you're, when you're overweight, you kind of develop, uh, you know, coping mechanisms. You become the funny kid, you, you know, and that's how you make friends and stuff, you know? Uh, and then once I got to high school and I was playing football, you know, I was, you know, captain of a football team, like, you know, you know, had plenty of friends. Right. So, uh, but there was still always, you know, there was, there was still plenty of little comments even from your friends you know your friends will tell you you're fat all the time we're, we're right friends it's his voice too i'd be friends with that voice yes <laughs> it is inc- incredible when was the first time you went on a diet do you remember um yeah i think uh probably like my sophomore year of high school was the first time i really was like on a diet um and that was really centered around I wanted to lose faith to weight to be better at football you know to be more athletic on the football field but I always I always did it wrong like I always just I took things too drastic all the time like in an unhealthy way you know I'd starve myself or you know like just eat a couple crackers during the day like something so something calorie restriction exactly. was was your method exactly yeah I think that's most people's method mm-hmm. I think everyone who's dieted at one point in their life has done that yeah do you remember um, w- when you realized that there is no um, diet you can go on? It's just going to have to be a lifestyle change? Yeah, well, it was really once this, so probably two years ago, when I first started all of this, you know, changing everything. The CrossFit journey. <clears throat> yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was, so it didn't, you know, my weight loss didn't start in CrossFit because like so many people, and part of the reason I'm here that I wanted to do this is because I want to get rid of that stigma that you have to be in shape before you start doing CrossFit. I hate that. Um, but I, but I fell victim to it when I started out. The first, you know, the first five months of me working out and losing weight was not in a CrossFit gym. It was in, it was in a, a global gym. I was at a Planet Fitness. You know, there at 4:45 in the morning on the treadmill on the elliptical. Just go. I was that crazy guy on the elliptical that you see, just like <laughs> like the videos of. You know, that was me there, uh, busting it. You know, and you know, I don't want to. Uh, I'll give credit to those 
Globo gyms in their own sense. They're good if, if, you're, if you're driven yourself from the start 100%. Then you can do what you need to do there. Mm -hmm. But if you feel like you might need a little support like we all do in this world, come on into CrossFit. You know, I hate hearing like the advertisement where, you know, the judgment-free zone and shit like that because like all you get there is judgment. Look around. Everybody's staring at everybody else. You mean at the Globo Gym? At the Globo Gym. Everybody's staring at everybody else. Everybody, you know, looks pissed off. Everybody, like, you see people looking at you, especially when you're the fat guy there. They're staring at you. And like I said, the guy you're looking at on the elliptical going hard and people are staring at you all the time, that's full of judgment. They're just not saying it. When you come into a box, when you come into CrossFit, there, that is the judgment-free zone. That is where anybody that comes in, it's like, come on in supporting you finishing the workout no matter what you scaled it to no matter what everybody coming over congratulating you at the end of it that's the judgment free zone don't tell me that these global gyms are the judgment free zone it's not How, what happened that made you to um finally get the confidence to go in or to, to it, get it was actually weird the same way that i first started trying to lose weight it was uh, people keep saying people say like what clicked for you and like nothing that's what's weird about it I just one day, it was actually really vain. One day I started, uh, I ordered a t-shirt online, a, a sleeveless shirt. And uh, Matt, you should wear more of those. I <laughs> mean, tank tops? Yeah. <laughs> so I, I put it on and I looked in the mirror and I said, oh, I can't go out in public wearing this. I have several shirts and then like I that. Thought, I should just get rid of them. And then I thought... <laughs> And I had that thought, that vain thought, like, well, you, you know, you used to be at least an athlete in college. Like, you, how are you going to tell me that you can't go out in public showing your arms? It's like, you got to do something about this. That day, I went down to my old high school, and I ran a mile on the track. And then I did some tire flips and stuff. And I said, well, you know, I feel good. I'm going to go to the gym tomorrow morning. I think maybe morning workouts might be nice for me. And I went, and then it just spiraled like that. So the same thing, your question uh, with CrossFit was, I knew... How old were you when that happened? So I was 20, 26. And how long had it been since you hadn't worked out? Like really working out? I had gone, there had been like stretches where a couple of weeks I'll go to the gym and get on the treadmill and walk a little bit. But actually working out, I hadn't actually worked out since since college when I was like 22, 23 years old. So you old. went four years basically without working out, mm -hmm. and then at 350 pounds, however big you were, you went down to your high school track, ran a mile, and did some tire flips? Yeah. Yeah, well, that's fucking courage. Well, I've also, you know? like, I have, I've always known, even though I was stagnant and not doing it, like, I'm, I am an athlete. I know that about myself. Like, so even at that size, I knew like, like I was able to do a little more than some people might be starting out at. And for wherever anybody's starting out at, that's okay. I was a little, I knew I could do a little more. You, know? you could fall down and roll. Mm -hmm. You weren't going to fall down and break a leg. Exactly. Did yeah. you ever hit a sticking point when you, after you did that mile and tire flips where you're like, eh, this is, I don't know if this is working or you straight off the path. Well, no, I, from that moment I kept going, but then I felt myself like feeling stale just going to the gym and getting on the treadmill getting on the elliptical and everything and i started and were you thinking, doing all the other stuff too lap pull downs bench press yeah, yeah okay, i was okay. doing that all stuff, that stuff. Okay. yep and then um so i at I, which gym at a gold's or it was a planet fitness okay and um, they they have some knockoff 
CrossFit shit there. Yeah, they have little little areas where they do little classes and stuff. They do. Um, but then I, I started, I felt a little stale, and I was like, let me, I, I want to find something. I want to look for something. I looked at a bunch of different things. I looked at, like, boxing gyms, like, uh, MMA gyms, stuff like that. For some reason, for, like, two weeks, I'm looking around, and I didn't even consider CrossFit at that point, really. And then, and I actually followed a couple athletes on Instagram and stuff, but I still didn't think, because I still had that stigma in my mind. Like, I can't do that. Who did I'm you not. follow? Who did you follow? Uh, Matt Frazier. Cool. Yep. Uh, He's cool enough. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Katrin. She's cool enough. She's cool. Noah? Yes. If, uh, yeah, I, feel like nice. I feel like Noah's the one you, you hear a lot of people outside of the community mm-hmm. follow him before. Fully accessible. Brooke Entz. Mm-hmm. Brooke Entz. Her. Yep. Uh, just a couple different. I actually think I followed the, the main page, the CrossFit page at that Thank point. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but I, I, I hadn't considered it, but then I went on... Um, I just started, I said one day, I searched it, CrossFit, like, around. And I uh, looked at a couple different gyms, and I found my gym, the Coliseum. Uh, and I went on, filled the, sent them an email. They said, come in for an introductory class tomorrow. I went in the next day, and I haven't left. I have not walked. I have not, you know, I canceled my Planet Fitness membership, and I haven't walked out of that gym since. Tell me about that walking in that very first day. What was that like? Nerve-wracking. You know, it was... Because you also come from a place like where I... When I played football, I, you know, I power cleaned. You know, I, I squatted. I did all that stuff. <coughs> but I knew I was going into a whole different thing where now I'm the unathletic one and I need to learn how to really do this stuff. So, like, I went in. I didn't... I, and I went in humble where, as opposed to... a couple even a couple months earlier i might have went in cocky but i didn't go in like that i went in saying i need to learn this uh let me do it and i just like but the nerves like as soon as i started as soon as i actually we did like the 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 fundamental stuff going through a power clean going through a squat clean a thruster stuff like that and then we did just like a mini i don't even remember what it was but just a mini little wad at the end of it and just when I felt like the, the the feeling, that feeling you get when I finished that, it was like I knew that I was hooked at that moment. Do you remember who greeted you? Yeah, Elise. And, and how was she? How would you? It's amazing. She's just like, but she's just like everybody at any CrossFit gym I've ever walked into. Mm-hmm. Like it's, I tell people when I'm telling them that they should get into a box, um, that they everybody's going to be nice to you. They're going to be nice to you to the point that it's a little weird. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, well you're like, these people are a little too friendly. Like, what's right. going on here, you right. know? Right. So if you're afraid of it, don't be, because they're going to be nice to you no matter what. Even if you come in and you don't work out that first day, they're going to be nice to you. Like, Boy, I told myself I wouldn't do stuff like that. But if you do go into an affiliate and you, do, and you don't get that feeling that Eric is talking about, then you, and you want that, just move on to the next affiliate because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. like 90% of them are like that. And I don't mean to dog the 10% that aren't, but man, it is really a, um, the difference, like, like if you walk into a CVC, like a pharmacy, mm-hmm. there's like, you know, 10 employees there and all of them look like they hate being there from the <laughs> yeah. cashier to the guy who's stocking the razors. I mean, that is a fucking miserable place. Have you ever noticed that? Just like that kind of retail space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. CVS. Yeah, just oh, okay, any yeah, of those yeah. those places. And and when you walk into a CrossFit gym, it's like the antithesis of that. It is like walking into someone's living room. Yeah. 
hey, how are you? Can I get you something to drink? The remote's over there. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. here's here's the fridge and here's the shitter. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It is truly amazing. So so at thir- at 13 years old, you're 300 pounds, you go into high school, you um th- you kind of come into your own. You 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 become athletic, you become the captain of the football team. I got to imagine that's pretty cool. How does that happen? Mm-hmm. Do, does the coach appoint you? Do the, does the team vote you? The team. Uh, yeah, I believe we, there was a vote and stuff when I was a senior. And, and that means you have leadership. That means you're a hard worker. That means you yeah, respect. Lead by example. People respected you. Mm-hmm. And what position did you play? So in high school, I was a defensive tackle. Yeah, and I played offense in uh, college. Okay. And during this time, are you going for yearly physicals? Uh, yeah, well, you have to to play, to play football. But where, that's where, the only time I'm seeing the doctor. Where are you on the bottom there? Oh, no, this is, this is actually the team. I, I was a football coach. Oh, uh, okay. So this is, this is my team last year when they won the section championship. My bad. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I don't see any fat. Yeah. It's, it's pretty funny. I was like, wow. You those, really... are my, those are my linemen down low. Though. I was like, wow, you really have changed. I don't see any of these kids. You won't find, I was saying earlier, you won't find that many pictures of me back then because I avoided the camera like the plague. You know, mm. I didn't, I, I, you don't want to be seen on camera like ever when you're overweight like that. It's interesting, Gary. That's, those are all the things, you know, Gary, Gary has shared with the mm. community in the past. Mm-hmm. And, but Gary doesn't like being in front when of the camera. Yeah, yeah fat, he I didn't. Even even when like uh, killing the fat man started, you didn't want to be in front of the camera. Well, he's talking about the reason the guy snuck into Anissa's life was because he said, "Oh, you're single," because I traveled across the country, and she was posting selfies, oh. and I was missing. Okay, man, I can't wait for the second season. <laughs> Have you seen Killing the Fat Man? Yes. <laughs> And, and one of the things that Gary said, and I've said this before on the show, is that he would say whenever a camera was around, he would start moving really fast or move his hands or try to distract people from him, from his weight. And, you know, it's, I think it's insightful to to speak to people who've been that size mm-hmm. and hear, and you even mentioned coping mechanisms, being funny, you know. Yeah, it, it's 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 a lot to deal with. And I'm, I'm curious how that stigma is going to change as you know, now we're, I think we're probably crossing the 50% line of, of obese people in the United yeah. States. And on one hand, you, 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 you want to be welcoming and you don't want to be judgmental. But on the other hand, it's not, it's not okay. Yeah. It puts a massive burden on society mm-hmm. to have so many unhealthy, sick people. And it's not okay for, um, you know, they say that you are the five people you hang around. It's not okay to do this to our kids. It's not okay to like have them mm-hmm. think that being fat is okay but at the same time you have to balance it out with like you're saying you have to have places like crossfit gyms where people can come in Mm. and work on themselves well it's especially tough too when you see people's health affecting other parts of their lives and that affecting other people right you know right like 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 Healthcare, for instance, you know, right? Like you can't help but get angry about that, right? You 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 mean like there's 15 fat people in line ahead of you dealing with um, taking the doctor's time, sure, instead or of dealing with you and you got a and you got a you you fell out of a tree and broke your leg. Yeah, just basically someone's lifestyle choice is affecting you in some way, right? Well, I think that um, that's totally true. I think that, and you guys are doing it. Mm-hmm. The the that's awesome, by the way. We'll, get to, awesome. we'll get to that. I'm, I'm, <laughs> it is awesome. Yeah. But I think that the, uh, 
Good hair day it's, right there. The way you guys are talking about it is with, with the doctors. I think it has to start there. You know, I never have gone into a doctor's office and they gave any type of shit about what I was doing physically. They just cared about that weight on the scale, you know, and the medication they're going to put you on. That's why your doctor has to CrossFit. I wish I... I I need to do a whole show on this and explain to people why you want your kid's nursery school teacher to be a CrossFitter, why you want your plumber to be a CrossFitter, why you want your gardener to be a CrossFitter, why you want your chef to be a CrossFitter, and why, of course, you want your doctor to be yeah. a CrossFitter and your dentist. We're n- it's not – people are like, well, you shouldn't choose your those, your, your, those professions based on what they, their pastime is. It's not a pastime. Mm-hmm. It's a lifestyle. If your plumber CrossFits, you also know that he's going to do a fucking great job on your plumbing. Well, because uh, no one, no it? one's cutting corners across it. Uh, Vince Lombardi, I think, said something like a a fit man will do a better or a better job than an unfit man. Right. In any job, you know. Right. I'm getting the quote all wrong, but it's something the, like that. The spirit that. of yeah. it is yeah. there. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're all about the spirit here. <laughs> so, so you, you're doing these physicals as you go through high school, and is there any sign at that point that you that um, are you being diagnosed with anything? No. No. Okay. High blood pressure. Even in high school? Yes. Uh, yeah, high blood pressure in high school. Didn't take medication yet, but I had high blood pressure. And what do you think? Does that stress you out? You're like, fuck you. I'm the captain of the football team. It, it, I, didn't, I didn't care. It was, and it was, you give yourself the excuses all the time. Like, like, oh, I just have high blood pressure. Like, oh, I'm just one of those people that naturally has high blood pressure, which is bullshit. But you tell yourself that. And you must have loved being... Uh, a lineman because that allowed you to just eat as much yeah, as you want. Like just be big. And your dad was probably at that point okay with it too. At that point he'd taken off the pressure. No, no, no. Uh, I mean he still, because like he didn't think. I mean I was bigger than I needed to be to be a lineman. You know he was more he was more relaxed. You know as for, as long as you know I was being active. You know he always wanted me to be active. That's that's one thing. But um. You know, it was never like, okay, this weight is is good. You know, uh, even him, me, my my whole family, we knew that I was overweight. You know, there was no getting around that. But 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 there was justification to your eating now, mm. right? A bit more, yes. I mean, I remember the football team having these huge in high school having these huge like pasta feeds oh, yeah. and yeah. watching Rudy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you graduate from high school and you go to college. Mm-hmm. You continue your football. Mm-hmm. And when do you, when does the, when do you, what, why do you um, get, how do you, why and how do you get diagnosed with type 2 diabetes? Like what? Well, so I, when I was playing, I injured my shoulder repeatedly, had surgery and they couldn't really fix it. And that's when I stopped playing football. And after I stopped playing, I started working at a bar and I'm working, you know, all night and and then if I'm not working, I'm drinking at the bar and then I'm eating whatever I want. And that's how I continue for about a year. Um, and then I hit a wall where my depression was unreal. Um, did, you, did you ever have that in your life ever before? No, I, I wouldn't say I was so much depressed like when I was in high school. I wasn't. Oh, ever truly happy then but it was more the contrast of I was putting on that front being the happy funny guy 
and I never was really as happy as I was pretending to be all the time. Yeah. Were you in touch with yourself enough to know you weren't happy, or were you just kind of on autopilot? No, I knew even, I oh, wasn't happy. Okay. I did. I knew I so wasn't you'd be, happy. So you'd have times in the shower or laying in bed where you'd reflect and be like, mm. this isn't fun. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I but it would still, it would be like drinking and trying to chase that. Habit. Yeah. Oh, the, and the, yes, the, there was a lot of drinking. Um, what did you drink? Beer. A lot of beer. What, uh, kind, what kind? I mixed it up. You know, I don't. Natty Light? Natty Light? Oh, yeah. Well, Keystone. 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 Yeah, yeah. A lot of Keystone. Beer bongs? Yeah. Beer bongs? Yep. Mm-hmm. The bar I was at had like a 30-foot one that came down. I'm no so. rookie. I'm no rookie. <laughs> Did you ever find the, the Keystalope? The what? You remember those, the Keystalopes? No, I don't. They, they're always blue cans and like in every, one in every 500 that was like an orange one. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, I remember that. Like, what? Yes, yes, yeah. I remember that. It was a brilliant marketing play. With all the drinking I did, you would have thought I'd find one. Yeah, we never found one either. <laughs> I remember buying. I've never even <laughs> heard of that. Yeah, yeah the Keystone. Key, orange Keystone? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was the elusive. I remember just going and buying like a 12-pack and being just like <laughs> sifting through and like, okay, put that in the fridge. Just wanting to get one. Wow. I, have you ever seen one online? Can yeah. you find one of those? Yeah, I don't think that exists. You've seen them? Yeah, yeah. I, online, I've seen them. And, wow. and, and all of and all of like the, the thirty packs, they had a cutout on it that was like a deer head, uh-huh. and it said like Keystone on it. Mm. it. It was a brilliant marketing play <laughs> for twenty twenty something. Oh years. my god, I got the orange can. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So so uh, depression, mm. and so you're working at a bar. You're you're you're, you're so you're, so okay. You're playing football. You're, you're playing football. Your football career comes to an end because of shoulder injuries mm-hmm. that can't be repaired. You're working at a bar, and, and sort of your identity, a chunk of your identity is taken away from you when you don't have football to lean yeah. on, mm-hmm. and this depression really sinks in. Yeah, big time. And you're 20? Probably 23 at that point. Are you smoking mm-hmm. weed? No. Just drinking? Drinking. Mostly just drinking. How come you weren't smoking weed? You're supposed to do that in your oh, 20s. I don't know. I don't oh. know. A lot, of, a lot of my friends were and everything. And, uh, you know, I... You didn't like it? I, I didn't like it like they did, you know. Um, Cigarettes? Only, like, if I'm out drinking. Mm-hmm. Only uh, when he's awake. <laughs> no. If I, was out, if I was out drinking, I would have a, a cigarette maybe too, you know, but not... It was really mostly just... You didn't have your own pack. You're the kind of guy yeah. just like... Okay. Yeah, I was bumming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so... That's the best kind of smoker. <laughs> Why? Just because then you know you you stay away from being addicted. If you don't, have, as soon as you start buying your own shit, as soon as you start buying your own coke, you got a problem. <laughs> <laughs> what? Okay, there, let's no, get back. Enough point, of this. Point made. I'll educate yeah. you today while we're working out, Matt. I hope you learn something every day. <laughs> um, what's that look like when depression sets in? It's it's terrible. It's uh, it crippled me. Like, I'll, you know, and I haven't talked about this much to this point, but, you know, like I said, I'm here, I, I want to make an impact for people. And if they're, anybody's dealing with the same thing, I want them to know, like, I was, I was done. I was going to end it. I had decided that I was going to kill myself at a certain point. Um, and I was away at college still. And through the, you know, uh, I don't know what brought me to the point. I was seeing a school uh, therapist who was really good. Um, I basically like kind of uh, went into him one day, and I said, "Listen, this is—it's decided. It's gonna happen. I'm—I'm out of here, man." And uh, he talked me off the ledge at that moment, and he called my parents, and he told them that they, they had known, they knew, they—they they were the ones that came up there and initially got me seeing the therapist because I had like a, a breakdown, and uh, during that time, I. 
What year were you in college? Um, so this was my uh, first senior year. Okay. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Super, super senior. I, yeah. I had a few of those. I had so, a few of those. Uh, you were like a super duper 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 senior. <laughs> I was. <laughs> so I, um, and at that time, you know, there was people that really did care about me, trying to help me, and I pushed all of them away, like as far away as I could. And there's still regrets I have about that time with people that were there for me that I didn't truly appreciate. Um, Facebook, Facebook, you can find them. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, so I, you know, I'd reached out to my parents. They came up. They got me seeing the school therapist. But things didn't really get better. I had somebody I was talking to with the therapist, but things didn't get better. Uh, that lasted for a couple months. And still then, drinking. Still drinking. You know, and then uh, when I went to him and he called my parents for me and told them this is the situation. He really, you know, he needs, you know serious help uh they rushed up immediately and what we did was i left school did he tell you he was going to call your parents yeah so you knew he did i Were agreed you like, Fuck to you, it dude. oh you did. i agreed okay. to it i agreed to it well he didn't say he wasn't going to call unless i said okay to it okay and um he i agreed to it he called um and then my parents come up and and i actually left left school for a semester and i went home and are your roommates tripping yeah you know um well, because uh, I was actually, you know, a couple of my really good friends were a year ahead of me in school, and they had left, and that was part of also what made me depressed. I didn't have a lot of the people that no I had football, had no me. friends, yeah, just yep, booze. Yep. So uh, no girlfriend. No, no girlfriend, and um, so I, you know, I went home and I stayed home, and I went to the doctor, and I got put on antidepressants, and let me tell you, those things work but they they work a little too good because the depression went away but so did everything else so did all the joy in my life there was just numbness what uh, what 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 were the pills do you remember i don't remember exactly which ones i was on it's it's that um uh not grateful dead pink floyd song comfort <clears throat> is it comfortably numb that's that's yeah. what it was you lose everything you know you're not you're not happy, you're not sad, you're not anxious, you're not depressed, you're nothing. You're just Are you kind of like a sociopath too? Like you kind of don't give a fuck about anyone? You don't either? care. You about don't feel any, empathy you don't or no. okay. Yeah, just, I, I'm not sure I really follow. I, see, you just don't recognize anything, you, good or bad? It's all just numb. Like, you know, and I, and I say this like when you, you, you mentioned the movie Rudy earlier. Mm. When you watch Rudy and... Like he gets that tackle at the end of the game, mm. and everybody's he's getting carried off the field, and everybody's going nuts and everything. And you have that feeling, and I would now have that feeling like, yeah, like that's awesome. When when I was on those meds, it was I could watch that, and I just yeah. I just kind of hollow. Just there, yeah. Like not, you watch Free Willy, and you don't you don't. Cry. I'm not excited when he hops <laughs> over the yeah, rocks. Yeah. You know, like I want to be excited <laughs> when he hops yeah. over the rocks. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I saw that trailer and I cried. I remember being like, what the fuck? I'm not going to see that movie. It's too much. Okay. I, I, I think Rudy was offside, too, on that play. <laughs> he may have been. So, was he really? Are you just saying that or was he? <laughs> I think he was offside. I mean, the movie, I wasn't there. Um, do you want another um, soda, water? No, I'm good. Okay. Thanks. I'll take coffee if you put in orders. Um, how long were you on the meds? Probably two years. And, and and so you go back to school and you're on the meds mm -hmm. and and you're mixing the meds with drinking mm -hmm. and um, you have regular checkups with the doctor. 
Not that I, I skip them. Okay. <laughs> and I, when, and you still have high blood pressure? Yep. And did you know how you were going to do it? Wow, look at you, Eric. Thank you. Look at you, not even on the clock. Eric. Who says chivalry's Brother dead? Man, could you bring that um, Mr. Conklin? I'll take a coffee. Did I, did I pronounce it right? Conklin. Conklin. Mr. Conklin, a coffee. I know that's way below your pay grade, but no, I'm good. Thank you, sir. LaCroix, please. Matt. I'm good, thank you. Matt, Matt, Matt would love a coffee. <laughs> yeah, iced coffee, please. Um, I'm just kidding. You... You're you're on the you're on the meds for two years. You're you're skipping your doctor's points. You're still drinking, so you're mixing your meds with alcohol. Mm -hmm. um, and and how much do you weigh now? Uh, this this is when I'm like right in there between three fifty four hundred all that time. And that's that's a crazy that's a crazy weight. Like you're breaking chairs, your bed's fucked up. Oh like uh, yeah, the amount of the amount of plastic chairs in my house that are the legs snapped off of because <laughs> I was standing them is insane. It really is, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, you have to look at everything before you sit down. Yeah. Navigating life is like it's terrible. Yeah. Um, do you remember your the worst the the, the most embarrassing incident of breaking a chair, like where you were? Or? No, because I was normally drunk when I was doing it. You know, yeah, like if we were, it was always like a bonfire at my house or something, and we're drunk. So it's not embarrassing. You know, like you remember it, you recognize it, but you're drinking with your friends. It breaks you know? and you yeah. throw it in yeah, the fire. You throw it in the fire. Can I get another one? <laughs> <laughs> And this is at 24? Yeah, so 24, graduate college, 25 when I come home, same same cycle going on. And what's your major? Business. What, and when you come home, do you move back in with your parents? Yeah. And um, does, do you talk about it openly with your parents? Is it the white elephant in the room, the fact that you're on antidepressants? No. I mean, things were, it's from the outside looking in, things are fine at this point. Maybe is it embarrassing least. being on antidepressants? I didn't so much. I, like I said, like it was. This was a numb period it for me. Numb, yeah. It wasn't. I wasn't embarrassed. I wasn't nothing about it. It just was taking them, and it it was wasn't until I got sick of that numbness that I just I didn't go to the doctor and they took me off them. I stopped them myself. And this is zero exercise. Yeah. And then and the thoughts of um, killing yourself went away. It went away. Yeah. Going back to that, what what. Did you know today what the origins of that are? Why, what could be so bad that you'd want to turn the switch off? I absolutely looking back now that it's my it was my physical health. It was the weight. It was not not just the weight. I, I like I say this. If you told me right now, like, listen, we're going to have you look the way you used to 400 pounds, but you can keep that same mental clarity you have now and the way you feel up here. Or you can look the way you do, and we're gonna uh, we're gonna give you your old brain back. Yeah, like we're gonna give you your old brain back. I'd say put the weight back on me immediately, right now, because that's that's the the bigger thing for me. like getting off the medication, looking better, and everything. That's all second to me to the mental health that I feel now. Like, amen. And yeah, I never thought I could feel this way. That that being said, you. Carrying 100 and extra 80 pounds around is such a huge burden mm. that you're that you for you, it was um, fuck it I'm checking out. Mm -hmm. Well, it's and it's not even just the it's not even just carrying the weight. It's just the stigma. Our, our, the, no, our our bodies I feel are meant to physically exert themselves. 
And when you don't, it does something chemically to the brain that puts you in a depressed and anxious state. You guys all know the feeling when you finish a workout that, like, sometimes I finish a workout and I, like, I'll be like, I can't get in the car and drive right now. Like, mm-hmm. like I'm high, you know, like that feeling. That's great. Hey, he just, <laughs> just for those of you who don't do CrossFit, the three of you who are listening who don't, he just said something huge that all CrossFitters know that probably if you don't CrossFit, you don't know. It is about finishing the workout. It's never about what place you take. Yeah, absolutely. When you finish, something happens in your brain that's not explainable. Yeah, right? no. And I it's mean, a, and it's, it's and just the, finishing. When you finish, mm, you're like, holy mm. shit! And you're almost kind of proud if it took you 47 minutes. Absolutely. And someone else took 20. You're like, yeah, well, I was grinding. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. You know, like serotonin. So, and the and the, I just am amazed by what our bodies can do. How we think we all put up these mental barriers in our mind that we think we can't do something or we can't push that hard. And then when you come into CrossFit, you constantly keep breaking that barrier down. And you're like, holy shit, I had no idea that my body was capable of that. And that's why it's scary, people, those of you who haven't done CrossFit. So he just explained two huge points. The best part is finishing the workout. And the reason why it is scary is because you're constantly going into the unknown. Mm -hmm. And that may seem too abstract, but it is like that, especially in the beginning. That first year, every day you go into the gym, you walk out so much more confident mm-hmm. because you explored a new space. Mm-hmm. And they're not scary spaces, but they seem scary before you go there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And I don't, I don't say that doesn't really go away. It just becomes more manageable. No, no, no not even more manageable. I was talking to someone about doing benchmarks the other day, and I've been crossfitting for a better part of a decade. You've been crossfitting for longer. And it's like, I get anxiety when I'm hitting a benchmark again, right? If I know oh, it's coming dude, up. dude, France it's like, terrifies it's like, me. It's like, God, I have to do this well. I have to do it or, you know, whatever it is. But nine times out of ten, you just do it and you're done. You're like, whew, all right, good, done. Um, someone who I noticed is, is processing all this in a really interesting way, like the, the, the next wave is of the unknown is um, Neil Maddox when I was talking to Neil. And I'm sorry, mm. this is just my analysis of him. Yeah. He's, he's an uh, elite-level CrossFitter. And um, do you know who he is? No, I actually uh, don't. A black guy, uh, amazing games athlete. Got really cool dogs. Here, here out of Northern California, <laughs> crazy body. Um, and he's now a master's. And so you can see him. Um, pr- he was always proud of his accomplishments as a CrossFitter, but now you can see him being proud of his accomplishments as an older CrossFitter. Not that he's old. I think he's like 40. There he is. But it's like, it's so cool because even as you get older, there's something there for you. You're too young mm. to know that, but I just want to throw that in there. <laughs> so, so you make it through this hurdle with drugs. So, you, so it's still, it, it was still in there. And so, and so tell me what happens now. You're on the meds for two years. And, and tell me about this. How do you get off the meds? And how do you get this diagnosis of um, type 2 diabetes? Well, so I just... The, the antidepressants, I stopped taking them, but I don't change anything. And why do you stop taking them? Weren't you scared? No, I was really, I, I was scared. Well, when I stopped taking them, I wasn't scared because, like I said, I wasn't thinking much about anything. I knew I had that little, it was almost like I saw a little light where I was like, this isn't right that I don't care about anything, really. So I stopped. And then I, but I just kept the same pattern going where 
I was still eating. This time, you know, being home from college now at this point, um, I actually, I went to school, I became a substance abuse counselor. Not that, and I don't think, you know, I didn't have a drinking problem. I drank the amount that a college kid drank. But I, I wanted to find something to help people. Um, and that's what I did. Uh, so I become a counselor, and that's where I start really wanting to be more clear-minded. So you, you come home from college as a business major. You move in with your parents. You pick up. You go back to school, and you become a substance yeah. abuse counselor while you're on pharmaceuticals, yeah. antidepressants, and something there triggers you to say, hey, if I'm going to need more empathy or more clarity on this subject, I'm going to need to get off my own meds. Yeah. Okay, I'm following you. Yeah, um, but I but I still once I get off the meds, I still just you know not not exercising, not watching my diet at all, and everything. Anything creep? Any of the suicidal thoughts creep no, back in? No, none of okay. that came back at that point. And then um, and then it was. Wild Did you feel was, immediately better when you got off the meds? Were you like, oh my? There's, no, it, there's well, my it took, dad. It I love took you. A couple, or, it took a couple weeks, but so it wasn't anything immediate. Are there withdrawals? No. No, I didn't have any. I don't think I was on a high enough dose of them because there can be with those. Okay. Um, but uh, uh, I keep up the same pattern, and then I get really uh, sick at one point, like over a weekend when I'm working, I get really sick. Like the flu. Like the flu. Um, and then like Tuesday morning comes around, I need to go into work, and I, uh, I'm driving in, and I literally pull over on the side of the road and throw up. What uh, kind of car do you drive? At that point, I was driving a Chevy Malibu. And how does that do? Are those good for 400-pound men? <laughs> Absolutely not. No. Can I see a Chevy Malibu, Gary? I want to see what This is like a regular four-door car. Right? I always trip when yeah. I see. I, I was just what in New you? York, and I saw Shaq get out of an uh, Escalade. 2008, it was. He just pulled up right in front of me, and, and I see this dude having trouble getting out of an Escalade. He was in the front seat, and it was Shaquille O'Neal. I'm like, Wow. <laughs> Okay, so so you, so so you pull over and you vomit. Yep, I go into work and my you're all sweaty my, and shit. I'm sweaty. And the, for a month leading up to me getting sick like that, I have these cold sweats constantly that mm. I'm not addressing. I'm not, you know, I'm just like ah, it's you know, it, it's just. But you're, you're 400 pounds. You're used to sweating. Exactly. Um, Let me ask you some other questions about 400 pounds. Do you have to sleep with a fan in the on in the room when you sleep at 400 pounds? No, well the air conditioner is usually blowing, blowing most of the time. And when you eat, do you eat with both hands? No. Just one hand? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I know. You, yeah it looks like it's a car. It's a, yeah. it's a regular car, yeah. So no car is good for a 400-pound guy? No, no car is good. You never got in a car and you're like, oh, shit, this is nice. No, 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 not at that point. No, but I think what you mean by eating with two hands, like food and like drink. Well, yeah, yeah, actually. Or even like this. Did both? <laughs> no, like, not like that. No, no okay. No. Um but you're eating, you know, constantly, almost like. What would be a typical meal? Uh, well, see, my my meals were were typical to you know the average American, where you wouldn't look at my plate and be like, oh my god. But the thing is, I'd eat that, and then I'd eat a bag of chips an hour and a half later, you know, mm -hmm. and then I'd have some ice cream an hour after that. That's how it was. It was like constant eating. Gary Gary almost weighed three hundred pounds, and he told me that like if I invited him to his house for dinner. On the way over, he'd swing up by McDonald's and get a Big Mac. See, I didn't do that, but I do know, like, that is something that people that are, you know, overweight do a lot. Yeah, it it's sounds a lot of the anxiety of, 
uh, you know, like you don't want these people to see you eating that much. So that's like right, something I right, would do is like right. if I was going to a party or something and I didn't want them to see me eating, like I'd make sure that I had another meal earlier in the day that was really big, something like yeah, that. Yeah, crazy. It's, it's like a drug addiction. Yeah. You know, before you go to the party, you take a hit of yeah. crack. I got tired of the stink eye. When people mm, look at you judgmentally, mm. like, are you really going back for seconds? Yeah, yeah. it's like jerking your, your off before you have sex. Was yeah. huge. Yeah, yeah. I, I think any of that parallels. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, sorry, Gary, you were saying something important, <laughs> and I was fighting back. I thought, sorry, go on. I mean, the wife, she always said your first meal is twice as much that I eat in a whole meal, and then you go back for seconds. Mm. So I would try to the eat ex-wife. before, right at that time, mm. eat before. Then, so I'd grab a normal size plate so she'd look at me and say, oh, I'm so proud of you. Mm. You're having a normal size meal. Yay, mm. good for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He, Gary told me this story one time. <clears throat> Gary, feel free to correct me if I'm, if I'm off, but um, he woke up like in the middle of the night and he ate a little off the top of the ice cream. And then he didn't want anyone to know, so he ate the whole gallon. <laughs> and then went back to the store and then ate it back down to where it was. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's true. Do you, remember, do you remember the flavor? Oh, like a rocky road type thing. Okay. Yeah, that's. Could you eat a whole gallon of ice? Did you ever eat yeah. a whole gallon? Yeah. Yeah, a whole gallon. Yeah. Easy. Yeah. Yeah, that was. That was easy. That's crazy. Wow. If I eat a pint, I mean, I haven't. I don't need that really ice cream anymore. But back in the day, a couple of years ago, when I was a young man, I used to eat pints, and I would just thought I was insane. I remember if I would if I would eat a pint of Ben and Jerry's, my dreams were like psychedelic. <laughs> it, was, it was too Are much. You serious? It was too much sugar. Yeah, Carol say the same thing. I remember we used to like cheat days back in the day when it was like a thing. Where we would get like a pint of Ben and Jerry's and we'd all have it and watch like Biggest Loser or something like that. And I remember that. <laughs> wow. Night. I remember that's quite the combo. I remember that night just being like, oh my god, like shaking in my in my. Seat. I can't have a, any of those Starbucks <laughs> drinks. I can't have a Frappuccino. Yeah, yeah, those things are crazy. I'll lose my I start freaking crazy. out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I can do a lot of other drugs I cannot do. <laughs> a frappuccino will fuck me up. I mean, ultimately for me now, it's the, it's the dairy. I can't even have like a scoop of ice cream because it will really annoy the people around me. <laughs> oh, you just, start, you just start busting ass? I just said my body can't handle it. I enjoy busting ass. <laughs> Doesn't everyone? And it's just a yeah. You have to pretend like you don't like. When it's your own brand, I think everybody likes their own brand. Everybody loves their own brand. (laughs) So, except when you're in the back corner of the gym and you work out and you let one rip, everybody hates that. Yes, yes. (laughs) Um, That's why you need. That's why they call big ass fans. No. (laughs) So you. you get off the meds. You're doing counseling. Uh, you're, you're you're studying to become a well, I, addiction counselor. Yeah, substance abuse counselor. Substance abuse counselor. Mm-hmm. And you you're you're driving to work one day. Yeah. You've had the cold sweats. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you ignore it for a month, and when you vomit on the way to work, then well, I actually still go into work. My manager sees me and she says, "Get out of here!" Like she looked at me and said, "Get out of here." I went home. Went to the doctor that day. They tested my sugar. It was, I think, 475 that day. Um, they sent me home that night and started me on insulin. What's, what's normal? On, uh, around 100 or under. Um, she sent me home that day, and, uh, but then the next day my sugar hadn't come down, so she told me to go to the, the hospital. I go to the ER, and basically what had happened was when you're, when you're 
diabetic and you're not taking insulin, you're constantly thirsty. And I was drinking like gallons and gallons of water with no physical exercise, just drinking like two to three gallons of water a day. And I had basically peed out every nutrient in my body. And like they said, I was close to like where I could crash, like no sodium in my body, no potassium, no anything. So they kept me in there for four days on an IV, basically putting things back into my body um, until I went home. And then uh, from there, I started on the insulin, and I just basically for over or a little less than a year, I just stay status quo, taking the insulin, managing. I wasn't, you know. How do you take insulin? Shoot it right here. And had you was that a whole new experience for you? Well, I'd always seen my dad do it growing up, um, so it was new for me to do it. But I had I had seen it. You know. So you're in the hospital for four days, and the doctor comes up to you and tell me about when he tells you you have type two diabetes and that you're going to have to shoot yourself up. Well, she didn't like she she basically just explained it to me, and I, I, there's no real like. I mean, I guess there was a part of me that was like, damn it, like you know, like. Like, fuck, I was, but like I said, I was expecting it at some point in my life, but I did have the thought, like, I'm too young. I'm 26 or 27 at this point. Like, I'm like, I'm too young for this already. Um, but I'm like, eh, okay, well, now we start with it. You know, that's kind of how I felt about it. Crazy. Yeah, I would be, I would be, any bad news like that, I would, I would have crumbled um good on you for not crumbling that's really interesting about the water though i didn't i didn't know that yeah you're you're constantly thirsty it must have th there must be something having to do with the, the mechanism of processing the sugar yeah, yes so something and, like that well no. so you're you're just doing nothing but secreting uh, glucose right yeah and your kidneys have probably just said you know fuck it yeah pretty much it's probably what it is it's just running through yeah yeah Thank you, doctors, for uh, correcting me ahead of time. <laughs> so, 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 when you go home, do you do you um, do you Google type two diabetic? Do you start doing tons of research? Are you in a panic? Do you get books? Do you uh, well, like I said, I'm not in a panic because I know what type two diabetes is at this point. With my father having it for so long, I do start. Or you think you know what it is? I think I know. Based, what it is. Okay, right. But in my mind, at that point, there isn't curing right type two diabetes. Right. It's now I have it. You got like, it. I've got it. Okay. Right. So it's managing it. And I'll say, and this is, this is part of why I say uh, th it's different. There's a whole new generation of type 2 diabetics in my mind where, like, when my father got it, there was no, like, talk of curing it. There was no, it wasn't really thought that you could do that. There was all, it was all about managing it then. Right. So, and there is, there is a point, I believe, with, somebody that's type 2 diabetic that if you've gone for 15 years with just managing it and not trying to cure it you're talking about a huge hurdle if you're going to try to cure it more than if you address it like immediately when you right. get it you know? right mm -hmm. because of the damage irreversible damage yeah that's been done. exactly exactly so the knowledge wasn't there in the past thank you yeah it's it's we've been talking about managing type 2 diabetes in the whole episode and I, I remember going to a harvest festival, you know, like churches do that. They have like the festival at the beginning of the fall. And this was in Hollister and you get like food and you sit down and this lady walks around with pies. There's like slices of pies on the plat, the platter. And this guy that was sitting across from me, 
you know, the woman confronts him. She's like, oh, uh, do you want a piece of pie? He's like, no, no, I can't. You know, I'm diabetic. And she's like, oh, we have the sugar-free one for you right here. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've, I've seen that. I've witnessed that. I tripped. I, could, I couldn't even handle it. I was like, sugar-free. And it's like, it was like strawberry. And there's all this like red like goo around it. And he's like, oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much. And Perfect. did he eat it? And he just, I mean, like a fucking line of blow. He just, <laughs> <laughs> like, that sucker was gone. Three Coke references in this. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, but that's the, that is the managing of it. That's what, there's a whole industry based on managing it. All the sugar-free stuff that's out there is all based on managing diabetes. That's yeah. what it's about. Tony, I never thought of it like that. So, so you have it for a year. Mm-hmm. And you, you do some you do some research and yep. but basically all around management how to yeah. take the insulin yeah yeah how to clean how to clean your needles and then and then what happens you do that for a year yep so I mean when I first got it I tried like a little tiny bit of exercise do and you, then I gave up on it right in the beginning yeah do you, do you have any um, do you have a girlfriend at this time in your life no. at all do you have any friends yeah I have plenty of friends. I have, and I also like at the same time, like I said, like the depression as far as that went away, but there's still a lot of anxiety and everything. And I think that back when I was really overweight, there was, it was those, those coping mechanisms. There was that trying to people that were like my best friends at that time, I didn't feel like they actually liked me. I felt like they were putting up with me almost. Like, it's so weird to think about now because now I look at those same people that I thought that about back then mm -hmm. and realize that there is love between us. You know, like, and we are friends. Yeah. But it just, there was just so much anxiety in my head and everything. So I do have friends, but there's always the caveat where, and I keep people like a little bit of the distance because I'm not really sure that they, not, not so much for my, for, for myself, it's for them because I don't actually think who, who wants to really be around me. Right. You know, like, the way I feel about it. Right. I fully get that. That's how yeah. I feel about my wife. She just want to be around you? <laughs> yeah. <sometimes laughs> I'm just like, I don't think she wants to be around me. But it's not true. Well, I, not I, true. I think that is, that is a really tough thing to, to, to grasp, like not being yourself and being really unsure of yourself and never really being yourself mm. because you're too afraid of the identity that you're giving off to other people. Yeah. Basically because of your physical appearance. Yeah. Mm. Well, that's, that's heavy. Yeah. I think most people live like that. Afraid to be it's themselves? A, yeah. Fully. Yeah. It's not okay. Yeah. It's not okay to be yourself. Well, okay. Why? Why? Because of the way that they appear? I mean, I'm, I'm speaking, uh, um, no, just because pe pe people are trying to protect, um, even people are... Protect an image. Protect an image, yeah. I mean, you wouldn't know that by looking at people's Facebook and Instagram accounts by the way they fucking throw themselves under the bus constantly. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, people are just, you know, I always tell people if you want to try, if you want to find true love, if you're with a girl and you want to find true love, like, there's only one way to do it. Be yourself. Mm -hmm. and, but there's a good chance she's going to break up with you. <laughs> but if she stays with you, if she stays with you while you're taking a shit with the door open, <laughs> man, it's like, careful, you're about to fall in love. So we should take the door off of our bathroom to see if uh, woman with really loves us. Yes. Yeah. All right, you heard it here. That was, that you heard it here first. That was a metaphor. <laughs> so, so a year goes by, you dabble in some exercise. What does that look like? Walking around the block? 
going to the gym and going on the treadmill for the most part and walking and walking okay well, there's a little running like like i said i could always you know even at that size i could turn that treadmill up a little bit and get after it when i wanted to but there was very little motivation to actually do it you know? okay and your clothes are crazy at 400 pounds they're um, just huge four or five xl yeah everything yeah now i have a couple shirts that are larges wow congratulations <laughs> that's amazing Wow. Mostly at XL, but I have some larges in the closet. That's awesome. Um, did you keep any of your giant clothes? I, I think I have a couple around. I don't really, you know, it's not like I, like, pull them out and look at them. I, they're, they're just not in my closet. They're in my closet because I haven't cleaned. Yeah, <laughs> with stuff that gets stuck on the bottom of the drawer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Familiar. Um, so what happens after a year? That's when I told you I... Uh, just went to the track and ran a mile and started, you know, uh, flipping some tires and then started going to Planet Fitness. So that was that. That was, that's you, what you I mean. did. Was, you did a year uh, and you were doing that's insulin every single day. Yeah. Four times a day. Four times a day. And you're always checking your blood and checking your sugar yep. levels. Yeah. And then you just say, okay, I'm going to the track. Yep. And uh, it was. Weren't you embarrassed someone was going to see you running around the track? Well, it was a Sunday afternoon. Nobody was there. So that was. <laughs> Uh, but it, it was embarrassing to go to the gym or anything to with everybody looking at you and everything. It absolutely was embarrassing. And then you went to the CrossFit gym and, uh, and, and then you, so you did that for about a year. No, the, uh, just working out just by yourself. Just working out yeah. was like five months or so. And then you finally got up the courage to go into the CrossFit gym. Mm -hmm. Tell me about that again. Remind me about how that happened. So I emailed them online mm -hmm. and uh, I had seen like I really wanted to find – a good gym you know like i didn't so i was looking online for a couple of days and then i found the coliseum how close to your house so it's 30 minutes from my house Woo. and i passed probably five other boxes on the way but it's worth it for this community that i'm part of what what clicked about this gym it was well the first thing that attracted me to it really was that they ha they have a regionals team um and that oh yeah uh yeah so yeah. that really like you know that that pulls some eyeballs towards the gym now, I, w I would never say for any, any gym that that's going to do it for you to make you have a great community. But it, did, it pulled, they pulled my eyeballs to the gym. Right. The gym. For me, um, uh, a gym that has a seniors class makes me think that they have great coaching. Yeah. yeah. What do you think, Matt? Well, it is because you're exposed to so much. But I don't know if the typical clientele person walking off the street really thinks that. No, they probably are more like... Yeah, well, I mean, it Eric. does make... Especially coming from like a previous athlete... Gotcha. I think that. I think that, that, I wanted that website's pretty hardcore. Yeah. It's a good website, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> purple. Really embrace the purple. The purple. Yeah. Yeah. All about the purple. And that was my high school colors, too. So. <laughs> Mine, too. Purple and white. Oh, purple and gold. We were uh, College Park Falcons. Oh, you didn't go to Berkeley High? No. That would have been cool. I hear Berkeley High is kind of shady. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, <laughs> shady, awesome. It's gentrification. Uh and you walk in the first day, mm -hmm. and do you remember how much you weighed? I I had lost weight at that point, so I'm probably down at I'm below 350 at that, that point. Felt 340. Yeah, they had 340, 330 <laughs> maybe. You know, like. And tell me about what happens to your diabetes. Your insulin four times a day. Like, how, how, I what happens I to start, the sickness? I start manage. I start taking myself off medications. Are you supposed to do that? No. Okay. No. But I'm, you know, I'm doing, so I had gone, I, I, I was always skipping doctor's appointments, you know, like canceling it because I hated going into the doctor. And uh, I 
went to um, because I went to a doctor one did time you the first time I was made. Yeah. Sorry, did you tell um, did you tell your coach you had type two diabetes? Yeah, I told the people there. The people at your gym knew? Yeah. They knew you were taking insulin? Yeah. Did they have any issues with it? No. Any concerns? No. Okay, sorry, you were going to tell me a doctor oh, story no. the first time you went to the doctor? First time I went to the doctor, and I had lost a little bit of weight, and my sugar was good every day and everything, and I wanted to start trying to adjust my medication. And I feel that the doctors, especially the ones that aren't educated on physical fitness, are really just, no, you're on the medication, stay on the medication. Like, okay. Just stay, just manage it, you know, like just stay there. And I got pissed off about it. So from that point forward, I started canceling my doctor's appointments and basically checking my own sugar to see if I should be taking the insulin and whatnot and doing it myself. Is that dangerous? Yeah. It wasn't smart. <laughs> I like it. How you're smart. not even well. Yeah, it Just, was. No, it was definitely dangerous. I okay. shouldn't have been doing that. And I what actually had you an have done? Should you have found another doctor? Yeah, I should have looked around for another doctor. Okay. Um, who who would have helped you achieve your goals? Exactly. Okay. Um, it actually it was really dangerous. Because A crossfitting night, doctor, maybe. Yeah, definitely. More and uh, more of those popping up. Yeah. Um, it was very dangerous. There's one time that uh, there was like a party at my friend's house, uh, like. Um, this big like day party with a bunch of people hanging out and everything and I took my insulin before I went over there and this was after I had probably lost a good like 60 pounds or something I took my insulin I went over there I took it 15 minutes before I left I went I got there and I crashed like I started getting those cold sweats and I'm like dying like I'm, I'm sitting there and I don't know what's happening now like my my family was there as well and my sister-in-law is a nurse, and she's like, I think your your sugar's dropping too low, you know? So You need a beer. I, well, I started actually just eating, like, potato chips, like, because I just needed to immediately start getting. And I actually drank a regular soda uh, just to try to get the sugar back up at that point. And that's what happened. So, like, that was dangerous. And you, and you came back? Yeah, I came life? right back, and I was fine after that. Like, but it was it was a crazy feeling to feel like everything was just, like, my sugar just dropped out of me. You know? I bet. So that, yeah, so to answer your question, yeah, it was dangerous. To <laughs> and, and, and at that time, you had started reducing the amount of insulin you were taking. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm sorry, can I ask a question? Yes. What happens? What is dangerous about that sugar crash? For me, who doesn't know? Well, I, like, I actually, like, can't tell you what, like, could happen to, like, if you could die from it or anything. I just know, like, in that moment, it's scary where you just feel like, you you feel like you're gonna die like you're just just cold sweats dripping and everything and like so I don't know exactly what happens when you felt like you were sugar. a TV set that was being turned off yes like everything just like Mwah. yeah yes yep mm -hmm. so uh, that's at that point is when I'm like all right I should probably get back to a doctor but I still procrastinated for a couple months before I actually went back into a doctor again um, and then I didn't get back into the doctor until. This was like June of actually like a year ago, like right around this time is so when you, I got back to the doctor. So you did cross it for a year while slowly pulling yourself off of insulin? Pretty much close to a year while slowly pulling myself off insulin and until how much, I completely stopped. Oh, shit. Yeah, on my own, I completely stopped all insulin and, and blood pressure medication and cholesterol medication. What, ge what gave you, what did you see that made you think that you could do that? Like you, how I physically felt. It wasn't some glucose test you took. No, I mean the sugar. The sugar I always was checking. Yes, I was doing the glucose test. But like, 
the actually like pulling the trigger on stopping it like you you can't really just know based on just the test and especially the blood pressure and the cholesterol like but it was really just i had at that point lost over 100 pounds and i'm like this stuff is making me feel like crap all the time the medication now at this point instead of making me feel good it makes me feel like crap so i just stopped it I, I'm no I'm no doctor, but I have heard the doctors talk, and even the crossfitting doctors talk, and it is a um, dangerous journey to do solo, and I think mm. you can kill yourself. Mm, I think I, what I did was stupid, and and uh, and that's but why. Cool, I, but cool, <laughs> like jumping the Grand Canyon. Yeah, yeah. You know? well, but, that's, but that's why I want. That's cool, why but, I you know, want kinda, doctors. I want doctors to change. Right. Like, because... You want them to be as welcoming as your CrossFit exactly, affiliate and be like, exactly. oh, come over to me. I'll help you get off your insulin. Exactly. You need to do this, this, and this. Because yes. my, my idea at that time was that these people aren't going to help me get off insulin. They're going to just keep me there. What made you think you could... Uh, uh, going back, so you, you, you had this... Um, you grew up believing that type 2 diabetes was something you had forever because your dad had it and you knew eventually you were going to get it. What, where did you get educated to think that you could actually get off your insulin? Where was the first time you were like, oh, shit, I didn't know I could reverse this shit? There was nowhere. That, until the moment I was told I didn't have it, mm -hmm. I didn't realize I could not have it. I thought that the doctor would tell me that it's under control. I didn't think she was going to say I didn't have it. I never, like, no research that I did. I looked around a lot. No research at that time really said, like, you can cure diabetes. Yeah. It just said you can get off of some of your medication and stuff like that. So, What's your dad think about your reversal? He, he's he's so proud of me. You know, like he really is. Uh, Have you guys had a crying session around it? No. 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 <laughs> <laughs> My crying session with the diabetes came that moment that I found out that I didn't have it anymore. And tell me, so you go into the doctor's office. Tell me that story. Well, the first time I or go why did you even go in? Yeah. I went in. I think I just went in, like, when I first made that appointment, it was because I was like, all right, I should really see a doctor now. And it was like, you were, You were kind of scaring yourself. You're like, shit, yeah. I'm off all my shit. Yeah, I'm not taking anything. <laughs> Where? So I walk in. Uh, it's probably me. And do you May. look like how you look now? Pretty much, yeah, like this. So I walk in, and it's a new doctor. I, I had switched doctors. It was my insurance switch, and I had to switch doctors. So I go in, and um, she comes in the room, and I'm like, all right, here's the deal. Like... I am type 2 diabetic, and I don't take any medication. And she's like, oh, okay, so you have it managed. I'm like, no, like, the, the doctor has me prescribed for f insulin four times a day and metformin and high blood pressure medication, cholesterol medication, but I don't take any of it. And the look on her face was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> like, yeah. like, and does she have your records in front of you? No, because it's a brand-new doctor in a different, like, it doesn't practice and stuff. They got the records eventually. And did you tell point, her, hey, last time I was, saw a doctor, I weighed 150 pounds more? That's, that was, so that was the next part. Her face was like, oh, fuck. But then I said, but I, I weighed 150 pounds more the last time I saw a doctor. She's like, okay, all right, all right. Let's, let's relax a little bit. Oh. And she was like, let's, first we need you to get your blood test done. So I go. Uh, the next week I get my blood test done. The week after that I come into the office, and they're doing all the things like, like you know, the, the, the nurse is in there doing stuff, and then the doctor walks in, and she just sticks out her hand. She goes, I need to shake your hand. And I said, what? And she said, I've never seen it before myself, but you no longer have diabetes. And I was like, fuck. 
(laughs) (laughs) And she said, your A1C is lower than mine. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. 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 So I I finished the appointment there. I went into the car, and I cried like a baby. (laughs) I did. Who was the first person you told? My parents, immediately, and my brother, and then everybody in my affiliate. (laughs) You did awesome. Yeah, of course. Um, do, um, does your brother have type two diabetes? No. He, boy, you are a um, you're a pioneer for your family. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. It's really really cool. You blazed a pretty cool trail. You're like the first dude to like climb Everest, put a flag up there, and now everyone can see it and be like, oh shit, we can do it. You're like hope. I mean, even for that doctor. Yeah. 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 I mean, every gym probably, every CrossFit gym probably has someone who's been saved on, on you know, the lifeboat that is an affiliate. But, I sure but, hope so. But you did it. Yeah, you climbed with no... Uh, but I couldn't. Awesome. I, you know, I, like, a lot of it, like, I did the meds and stuff solo and everything, but I don't, I'm not here. I'm not, don't, don't do any of it without my family and all the people at my affiliate. Like, the amount of love and support from everybody is, like, insane. Um, you, you, I'm trying to think of what numbers I saw, but basically it sounds like you dropped to a certain weight and then you put back on 10 pounds, right? Yeah. Well, I, how, how much over are you your lightest right so now? So I don't, I don't go on scales. Okay. For myself, it's caused me so much anxiety in the past with being overweight mm-hmm. that it's still like right now, like my lowest that I got to was like 238 okay and then i stepped on the scale and i was 242 and i was like fuck uh, you know i, I mm-hmm. gain in weight and then i stepped back and i'm like what the, what the fuck's wrong with you like you were 400 pounds right. who cares if you put four more pounds on and like and also not looking at the fact that like my cleaning jerk went up 10 pounds you know like right. like <laughs> all that like at some point yeah right <laughs> at some point <laughs> like like it doesn't all need to be about the weight that I'm losing. So right. I stopped stepping on the scale. I'd say right now I'm probably around 250 or so, and the lightest I was at was 238. Do you have any fear of of, of being 400 pounds again? No, no. That's and it's funny because, and it's also a thing like you don't find it in the CrossFit gym, like any of this type of attitude. But I found, and not really from from my friends, but like just people acquaintances a lot of times they're not rooting for you they're not they don't want to see you succeed and what i got constantly and i still get is like hey you got to be careful you know i'll put that back on or like oh like or if they see me like treating myself to something like oh is that part of your your diet plan uh, like hey how about you go fuck yourself like, <laughs> <laughs> right. like yeah. they're not rooting for you and but in the gym they are right but like and then because in the gym they understand <clears throat> that this isn't just like, like, oh, I, I lost weight. Oh, good for you. Like, no, this is my lifestyle now. Yeah. Everything's different. Yeah. It's not the way it used to be. Yeah. You know? So I don't have any fear of putting the weight back on. It's a massive goal you achieved. There's got to be like a great high from it. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like you need to set another goal in order to start building a hedge against I this do. one and coming down? Like be like, okay, um, I may not want to weigh 200 pounds, but it would be nice to get there. Or I, I may not ever, like, I want to run a six and a half minute mile. Or It's, it's the, it's is, the benchmarks like, in the gym okay. that I want now. You know, the weight loss, I don't, I don't care if I never lose another pound. Okay. 
um, the, you know, like I actually just competed for the first time ever, first in my in-house competition, and then last weekend I competed scaled at a, another competition at a local affiliate, and um, that I didn't, I didn't, I, I really didn't think I was still as competitive as I used to be when I was playing football. But you mean mentally? Mentally, and turns out I am. And now, <laughs> now I that's I'm going to really start. I, first, I, I want to start becoming more. RXing more of the movements, you know, working on that and um, start getting into competitions and really pushing myself that way. I feel like that's a good goal for me to set where it's, you know, it's a lofty goal to be, to get to, you know, I'm not talking about being a games athlete, obviously. Right, right. No, I'm no. talking about going to a bunch of local, local competitions and, and doing well for myself and being yeah. proud when I walk out of there. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a great goal. Just being able to do things RX. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of the goal I've, yeah. s- I've set for myself, like, for as long as I can maintain in my life. Yeah, just doing mm-hmm. the open RX is awesome. And I'm not talking about just the workout in the gym. Yeah. Right. I just want to be able to do whatever's thrown at me. Yeah. That's the goal. Mm-hmm. You have a daughter? No, I don't. That's my son. That's my brother's. Oh, okay. That's my brother. That's so I'm their, her godfather. Okay. Yes. Uh, well, that's congratulations. Ali, that's Ali, congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. It's yeah. cool. You In your Instagram, um, it is interesting because as far back as I went, it's just memes, 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 memes. Yes. and then all of a sudden, he creeps in. All of a sudden, you actually creep in. Yep. And are you, why do you? What happened? Why all of a sudden are you letting the world see you as opposed to just putting up memes? Well, back uh, then, it was I was uh, trying to be the funny guy. I wasn't, I didn't want to be in front of a camera. I didn't want, so there was a long period where. I love that one. <laughs> That's one of my favorites. <laughs> uh, there was, there was a period where I, I was losing weight, but I still wasn't putting stuff up. But then there's also, and it actually a lot of uh, stuff. Once I started talking to you guys, I actually started putting more up there because I wanted to, I started to think about coming in here and wanting to make an impact and i started getting there was some people that would like when i started putting up pictures of me working out and them seeing how i've transformed myself that were starting to reach out to me and there were people that wanted some help and some guidance and i got so excited to be able to help other people you know like and that's where i started trying to put more and more up because each time i put more up i'm getting more of a reaction from people and that's so like i I'm never like before going back to when I was a big guy, I didn't want attention put on me and I'm still rather uncomfortable with it. But at the same time, if I help just one person based on that, then it's all worth it. You know, all of it. Have you got your dad into the gym? Not into the affiliate. No. Do you think you're going to be able to? I don't think so. Oh, no way, man. Just be persistent. (laughs) How old is he? He is, oh, God, he put me on the spot. His birthday is right after mine. He's What's his name? Mike Conklin. Can I find him? No, he's not on any social media. Is he 70 yet? No, no, he's not 70. He's in his 60s. How did you two meet? We met online. Hinge. Hinge? <laughs> I've never heard of Hinge. It's a, uh, it's, it's a little bit classier version of, like, 
Bumble and Tinder and that stuff. Yeah, I went to a wedding last weekend where the couple met on uh, OkCupid. It's all changing now because yeah. now if you go like into the bar and you try and go up and talk to a girl, that she's looking at you like, what? Why are you talking to me? Like, things are wow. different now. Everybody, you have to, like you're meeting, you're meeting online now as opposed to the meeting weird, in person. So it switched from meeting yeah. online is weird to now meeting in person. Absolutely, wow, absolutely. It did. Wow, you fucking creep. Why are you talking to me in person? Yeah, that's Get what on it's my like. social media. That's what it's like. <laughs> oh, I don't want to know this stuff. <laughs> Your, your, and, 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 and how, and how did you get, um, Christina into the CrossFit gym? Persistence. <laughs> no, she, she already works out every day, does spin, does bar. Um, and, uh, she's just, she's very open to trying new things. And it wasn't like I, it wasn't really, it wasn't persistence really. It, it was, she was the one that said to me, like, I think maybe this Saturday I'll come do, come do the workout. And I said, let's do it. And did she like it? She loved it. <laughs> it's so fun working out with your significant other. And it was a new experience for her where, like, in her other classes, like, like they finish the workout and that's it and everybody just, like, goes on their day or whatever. And, like, it was like everybody's walking up to you, you know, good job, good job, everything. Like, that's something she had never experienced before. Yeah. The community. Um, how long can you keep this up, a 30-minute commute each way to your gym? Well... I have an over an hour commute to work as well, so uh, I don't know. I mean, the, the commute to the gym is, I drive an hour to the gym for this place. Damn. These people are. Are you still doing substance abuse no. counseling? No. What are you doing now? I'm an industrial engineer now. So. And do the people at your work, did they see you lose the weight? No. No, nobody that I work, because I just started my new job six, seven months ago. I left the substance abuse, because I feel like with the substance abuse counseling, um, I, I value what I did there, absolutely, 100%. But there's the chance that when you're doing a job like that, that you spend, it's very safe mentally for you. As much as it is emotional to worry about other people's problems, you spend barely any time thinking about your own problems. Mm. It's you don't push yourself because you're, you're constantly thinking about everybody else. And then once I started physically getting better, I started mentally getting better. That's where I decided to push myself into another career that was a challenge for me, and it is every day, and it's something brand new to me. But you know, I'm I'm pushing because I'm a tougher person than I used to be. That's it's, it's interesting. Um, that that's one of the things that we talked about with Gary in the two years. You know, he reached this plateau in CrossFit, and then he took there was a two year backslide, and it was it was from too much thinking about other people mm. and not spending any time yeah mm -hmm. you have to be selfish yeah to like, absolutely to take it, well, no, i wouldn't call it selfishness no, it's self-interest yeah i think mm -hmm. there's a difference that's, that's true that's true prioritizing your yeah. self-interest yeah mm -hmm. you know it, it, it's it's a it's a tough balance this friend of mine who i really respect told me if you work on yourself 90 percent of the time the 10 percent you give to other people will be better than the 90 percent if you spent 90% of the time with other people. But mm -hmm. there's also this Taoist saying that stop thinking and all your problems will end. So, you know, it, and I'm a firm believer in that. Like, mm -hmm. like, hey, thinking about your um, problems isn't necessary, isn't going to get you out of them. No, no way. Right? No way, yeah. Um, so, um, and, and, be, and, and, and when you're being selfless, you really are your best self. Mm -hmm. Right? So it's, it's an interesting, 
It's an interesting balance, mind game to play. Um, I'm stoked to have had you on here. I'd love to have you back on here in a year. Um, you know, there, un- unfortunately, the statistics do show that, like, people who achieve what you two have achieved, like, um, 80% of them gain back 90% of their weight. Well, but, and, 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 and 20% of them gain back, like, 70% yeah. of their weight. Like, there, it's, there's, like, there aren't – success stories are, like, rare. Yeah, oh, it absolutely is. And I think that it's, it's about the culture. Like, things like The Biggest Loser, as much as we've talked about it, and we like to – you know, it's something that we all like to watch – it's not sustainable. It's not sustainable. You don't get to live on a ranch and go work out all day every day with healthy food in the cabinets all the time. You have to make choices. You know, like you have to live that lifestyle. So like that's what it's about. And that's why I want to help people like like understand and because that's going to help me. Every time I'm helping somebody else, I'm helping you know myself. You 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 know, I always say like if you like I I do my meal prep. And I'm and I'm conscious of it because like when you leave, like you leave your choices to the last minute, chances are you're gonna make bad choices. Right, right. You know, like who who gave you nutritional guidance? No one. You just online. It's online. It was all and I, I did, you know, mostly it was a mostly like I say ketogenic, but really like I was still eating a lot of vegetables and everything. It was just you know, and it's actually one of my dad's sayings it's eat a little less, move a little more. Like a lot of that has to go into it. Like, and it, nutrition is such a huge part of it, but it's also you get up off your ass. Like, you know, like you can't just eat healthy and expect to be healthy. You have to move, you know? So it was the nutrition balanced with the exercise and, and, you know, that's how you find a healthy balance of it. Where did, where, where was home for you again? New York, New York. Yeah. And when do you go back? Um, we're going back on Sunday. And today's Friday. Oh, that's cool. So yeah. you guys stay an extra. Yeah, day. what do you guys yeah. have planned? Uh, we're not really sure yet. We best we, way to go. Yeah, yeah. We're just gonna go about it, see what happens. Have it's you, awesome out here. Have you been here before? No. Santa Cruz? No, I've never been to California before. Oh wow. Yeah. Are you guys surprised to see us just kinda wedged in the redwoods? Yeah, it's it's cool. We were talking yesterday because yesterday we went down to the boardwalk, we went to the beach, uh-huh. and then we went uh, into the redwoods yesterday and we're like we were at the, it's so crazy to us like we were at the beach. And now we're in the Redwoods, like, yeah. like back by us, like, yeah, there's like the Jersey Shore and stuff, but you're nowhere near being in the forest, you know? <laughs> like, this is a trippy, trippy landscape. <laughs> Every time I come to work, I'm like, okay, here we are in the forest. You know, you yeah. never kind of really get used to it. Well, thank you for being here. Yes, thank you. Thank you for sharing your story. Thank you. Um, we met on Instagram, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And thanks for all that. Thanks for reaching out. I know that this was like two months in the making, three months yeah, in the making. Yeah, it's been a while. A while. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm glad you didn't get fat again. <laughs> I tried not to. <laughs> um, we're gonna, I'm going to go down. Are you working out? I'm going to go down and work out. Did okay. you guys want to work out? I actually was here earlier. Yeah, you oh, took okay. the morning class. I did, took the morning class. Awesome. <laughs> well, I think I will actually work out. You will. And Bob is here. You're wel- oh, you're, Doc's you're welcome here? To, yeah, you're welcome to join us. Yeah, okay. More than welcome, too. If you want to work out again. Or you can just lift. You can go down and do whatever. Okay. All right. Thanks, yeah. brother. Thank you. Yeah, Thank thanks you. a lot. Thank you. Thanks. Gary? Hey, Gary. Yeah. Land the plane. Bam! Is it working? Oh, oh shit. God. <laughs> we suck. Wait, hold we're, on. We're awful. Hey. I can't believe I found 100 bucks. I told you I put it there. Thank you very much.